All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us, let us begin. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shear. I'm sorry. Just pull this up. Thank you to our sponsor, our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei, Avram and Shandy Kelman for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos in memory of their parents. To thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the Shurim this month in memory of Givati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport. And Dr. Linda Weinberg for dedicating all the Shurim this month in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg Peretz Moshe Ben Avram David. Our week of learning sponsors, Avron, Sean, and Judah Elbaum in the merit of Rafua Shalema for Ami Ben Chayo. Thank you. Son, okay, excellent. All right, so with that, let us begin. We have a, you hear me all right? Good, okay. We have a, we have a beautiful daf ahead of us today, I'll tell you, such as the muster and everything. You know, I'm looking on the, uh, on, on the YouTube broadcast and it says on the bottom of the screen, it says, excellent connection. I thought, can you imagine, like, if there was, like, an app for Ruchnius like that, right? It just it, how, a, little, a little feedback about how you were doing with the Ribbon Shalom. How great would it be to just to start the day? Excellent connection. All right, maybe, maybe one day. All right, well, so with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Lamed Gimel 33. We are picking up in Yeretz Hashem on Lamed Beis, Ahmed Beis. We actually left off a little bit before the two dots. We left off... Two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. Amr li Ravina the Ravashi, Amr lon Ravacha me Hutzel. So Ravina said to Ravashi, Ravacha from Hutzel said to us, Deman sharkin li tanura biyamatava, that you go ahead and literally you close up your stove with clay on yamtiv. Now, what is this talking about? If you take a look at Rashi over here, Rashi says, Rashi says, Sharkin le tanura. It's in the wide lines of Rashi, the third line down. Sharkin le tanura. Avde adoni tochen sevivos kisui piatanur bitit. So the servants of master, or as the servants, go ahead and literally, it's very interesting, seal up the opening of the oven with tit, with clay, with clay, with mortar. Shelo yetse choma shehatsli kishatsli besoho. In order that the heat is contained in the oven and the heat doesn't dissipate and have an adverse effect on that which is being roasted inside. So we're talking on the topics of Hilchos Yamtiv. So the Gemara is asking, they were asking, how are you able to engage in this practice? After all, the creation of mud, the creation of mud on Shabbos or on Yamtiv is a problem of the Malacha of Losh. Losh means kneading something, creating any thick mixture. Actually, truth is, in the, in the malacha of Losh, there's Belila Ava, Belila Raka, there's a, a, a more liquidy mixture, a thicker mixture. But right now, at least for mud, isn't it the creation of a thicker mixture on Shabbos, which should be part of Yom Tiv, which obviously this is Yom Tiv because they're cooking. Would that not be a problem of Losh? See, so he answered, Amrlei Anan Araksa Depras Samkinon. It's not a problem. We get our mud from the banks of the river Pras. It was an incredible Inyane Dioma. Right? Remember again, one of the four rivers of Ganeden. One of the four rivers of Ganeden. We just read it in yesterday's parasha. So where do I get my mud from? I get my mud from the banks of the Euphrates, from the banks of Nar Pras. Rashi says, Pras Pras 
Bidavershin Anutrich and the Gavel Tit, Shesvas Pras Tit Megubahu. Interestingly enough, the banks of the Pras River are mud. So I don't have to make my own mud. We take the mud from the banks of the river. So therefore, there is no problem of lush. Bose, just you should know, by the way, this mud on the banks of the river of Pras actually comes up a different time where the Gemara discusses about immersing in the Pras river, in, in Nar Pras, for mikvah. So the Gemara discusses that at certain times of the year, the women had to put down mats on the ground of the river in order to immerse in it because the mud was so intense that they would sink in cause of cause of problem for chatzitza and mikvah. So again, it's the same, it's the same mud. So the Mars of Ahanimili, who did Sari Me'esmo. But remember again, in order for that mud to be usable, you would have to go ahead and literally make a simon, some type of designation or demarcation that you're going to use this mud already on Erev Yomtev. Because it will say, so remember again, mud is inherently muktza. So the only way to be able to go ahead and use it to seal up your oven on Yomtev would be as if you actively set it aside for use on Erev Yomtev. Amravina, Ravina says, the kitma shari. Using a mixture of ash to go ahead and seal up the oven is totally fine. There is no problem of lush, of kneading when it comes to ash. Why not? Rashi says over here, Apparently, ash doesn't really knead well. It doesn't really go ahead and mix with water to form a type of paste or to form a type of mixture. Therefore, it's not subject to the malacha of lush, and therefore, it is not a problem to seal up your oven in this way. Beautiful. Says the Mishnah. You also can't put two barrels together. Remember again, in the Mishnah, what we were talking about was as follows. Placing two barrels together and putting a, top, a pot on top of the two barrels, you have the fire in between the barrels, you're creating a makeshift stove. So the Mishnah said you can't do this. And again, we understood this to be a problem of binyan, a problem of building. So the Gemara says, Amrav Nachmin, Avanim Shabdisaki, Nachman says, you are permitted to go ahead and stand up the stones of a makeshift besakise, a makeshift toilet. Now, what, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Avanam Shabesakise, five lines are from the bottom. Avanam Shabesakise, Avanam Gedolos, Shemetzadadin Osan Lios Kimin Moshev Chalo. So I'll say literally, this is. You don't have to use much imagination. Two stones, you put them parallel to each other. They essentially form a seat. And this is where a person is able to relieve themselves. So again, in places where places where it was miyuchad, that you were going to, uh, this was a place where people took care of their needs, they would set up these two parallel stones as a, as, as a makeshift toilet. So the Gimar, I'm sorry. Yeah, so the Gemara says, Father Surab Nachman says, Avanim shall be saki. So you're allowed to do this. You're, you're allowed to create this. Says, say, Rabbi Lerav Nachman, Ein makit in shtech avios, lisfos alina sakadeira. So let's listen to this. So Rabbi Surab Nachman says, you're allowed to sh- set up this makeshift toilet. Right? Rabbi comes along and asks Surab Nachman, how are you allowed to do this? Is this not the same thing as the case in the Mishnah of the two barrels putting the pot on top of the two barrels? And the Mishnah said it's problematic. No, no, no. The case ultimately, again, of the barrels with the pot, the problem with that is that you are actively creating an ohel, right? You're actively creating a structure. Rashi says, 
The pot itself serves as the roof for the ohel. Aval leka gag. A person, this is the Gemara's first answer, a person doesn't have the status of a gag. So therefore, again, when the person sits down on the two stones, he's not a gag, and therefore there's not a problem of being an ohel. That's the case that the only, so what the Gemara is now suggesting, what the Gemara is inferring is, the only time there's a problem of binyan is when there's the creation of a gag, a roof. If that's the case, if you build an itztiba, they both say itztiba in this context, Rashi says over here means, kisei shal binyan levanim vitit. This is a case of building a chair. But if you can imagine, it's a chair that's made of stones. But unlike a regular chair that would have like, you know, you have four legs and you have a hollow interior, right? This chair is solid, right? So you, you just build a solid chair out of bricks. Well, it would sound like, according to what we just said, that shouldn't be a problem on Yom Tiv. Why not? Because there's no gag. There's no roof, right? There's no, there's, there's no, there's no cavity. There's no interior hollow space. There's no roof. So it shouldn't be a problem. I'm really, no, no, no. Hasim binyan kabo asra Torah. Binyan aray lo asra Torah. No, you have to understand something. Of course, that's problematic because that's a binyan. That's a structure. The Torah prohibited building a binyan kabo, a binyan keba, an established structure. Binyan aray lo asra Torah. But technically speaking, a temporary structure is not asr. The gazu rabbonon a binyan aray mishum binyan keba. And Chazal stepped in and said, you can't build a temporary structure lest you come to build a permanent structure. I so if that's the case, then shouldn't the creation of the makeshift toilet actually be problematic? Should then not be considered at least maybe an ohel arai, in which case, again, halach said should be asr, lest you come to build an ohel keba. So we'll say this is one of these classic situations where because of kavar abrios, because of human dignity, chazal dispensed with their gezerah. So we'll say, so therefore, interestingly enough, the Gemara is giving really two different answers. The first approach of the Gemara was the creation of the makeshift toilet is not a problem of ohel altogether. Why isn't it a problem of ohel? Why not? Because a person is in a roof. A person is in a roof. The Gemara challenges that assertion. The Gemara says, even if you want to say that maybe the situation of the temporary toilet maybe is an ohel arai situation, ohel arai is exerid rabbanon, and Chazal did not legislate in cases of kavar abrios. Incredible. So the Gemara goes back to Amr of Yehuda. So we'll say, now that we started this discussion, the Gemara gives other examples of this, of things that constitute, that look like an ohel arai, a temporary structure, and therefore the rabbis stepped in and legislated that one should not do this. I'm Rabbi Huda. Hi, Midurta. This is fascinating. Building a bonfire. When you build a bonfire, on Yom Tiv, Milamala Lemata Shari, Milamata Lemala Asr. Really, you should build the bonfire from top down and not from bottom up. In other words, what you should do is hold the top pieces in place and continue to fill in stuff under it. But don't build from the bottom up. Why not? Rashi says, Milamala Lemata Lahaskal Tilamina Gag. Apparently, in the building of a bonfire, at least in the Gemara's bonfire, you essentially create something that looks roof-like. So the problem is, if you build from the bottom up, you end up creating a quasi-roofed structure, which at least will be a problem of binyon ohel midira banan. But effectively, if you put the roof there first, and then build under, quote, the roof, quote-unquote, and then build underneath the roof, 
that does not, that's not subject to the rabbinic prohibition of all Arai. Pretty incredible. Top of Laman Gimel. V'chim biyasal. So Rashi points out over here, you're cooking an egg, a large egg, on a tripod-like structure. So therefore, again, placing the egg there on top could constitute the creation of an ohel, of a structure, a roofed structure. See, we'll say, essentially what you see over here is Chazal said, we really don't want you building anything or creating anything that looks like a roofed structure on Yamtiv. So the way to avoid that is essentially create the roof first, so hold the egg in place first, and then build everything underneath it. The Chen Kedera, so to the case of the Kedera, where you're putting, a, this is the case of the Mishnah, where you're putting a pot on top of two barrels, the Chen Puria, the construction of a bed, the Chen Chavisa, and stacking barrels as well, where sometimes you'll take two barrels and stack a third one on top, right? Anything in which it appears that you're creating something roofed, don't build from the bottom up, but ultimately, again, build top-down, roof-down. But say, isn't it an incredible use of what, what a profound hashkafa sachayim also, that in life, there are different ways of accomplishing your objectives, right? So sometimes in life, you have to go ahead and build bottom-up, Sometimes you have to build top down, meaning what? That sometimes in life, the goal, the goal is just literally to put one foot in front of the other, right? Literally, again, one step after the other, build up, build up, build up, build up. I may not even know what I'm building up to, but as long as I know that every day has some level of incremental growth upward, that's an accomplishment. Other times in life, you're embarking upon something where you have to have the end in sight, you have to start with the roof. You have to start with the goal. I have to know exactly what it is that I'm working towards. And once I know that, I can build a support structure underneath it. They're both correct ways of building, right? They're both correct ways of self-actualizing. They're both correct ways of growing. And they're both necessary at different times in life. Sometimes one step after the other, I don't know exactly where I'm going. I just know that I'm trying to be better every single day. Other times, I know exactly what I want to do, exactly what I need to accomplish. I start with that, and then I build everything underneath it. You can't go ahead and support a pot with a piece of wood. Now, both sides, we read this in the Mishnah yesterday, and it was not immediately clear exactly what this meant. We'll see in just a moment. So too with a door. Now, both sides, when you read that, what it sounds like is, you also can't support a pot with a door. Now, what, what, what does that mean? You can't support a pot with a door. What, what does that mean? Rather, again, it means so to the delas. Now, we'll say, look at Rashi for just a moment. The same way that you can't support a piece of wood with the pot. Sorry. You can't support a pot with a piece of wood. So too, you can't support a door with a piece of wood as well. We'll say, what, what's happening over here? We are going to see that the Tana of our Mishnah subscribes to the approach that a Kli cannot be moved for anything other than its primary designated usage. So when you look at wood on Yamtiv, what do you see? What's the primary designated usage for wood on Yamtiv? Fire. And therefore, again, the use of wood or the movement of wood for any other purpose, even of a constructive purpose, halach cannot be done. That's the meaning over here. You can't move a piece of wood to support a pot. You can't move a piece of wood to support a door. I am doing something meaningful and constructive. Tanabar Mishnah holds that wood can only be moved for its designated purpose, which is hasaka, which is kindling. 
see this now. You can't support a piece of wood. I'm sorry, the pot with a piece of wood. So too, you can't support the door with a piece of wood. Why? Here we go. Because wood is only usable on Yomtiv for kindling purposes. By the way, we're going to see, we're going to see, this is not to be necessarily immediately associated with the position of Rabbi Nechemia, right? We saw Rabbi Nechemia, right? Remember again, in Muktza, we often focus on two shitas, right? Of, of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon. In yesterday's daf, we were reminded of a third opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia, who held that halacha lemaisa, a kli, could only be moved for its designated purpose. I just want to point out that we are going to see that this concept, even, even if you're not Rabbi Nechemia, the notion of wood only being moved for the purposes of hasaka, for the purposes of kindling, is an opinion that is held even outside of the orbit of Rabbi Nechemia. So anyways, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon, Matir. Rabbi Shimon says, ultimately it's mutter, right? Because Rabbi Shimon will hold that again, as long as the wood is being used for a permissive purpose on Yamtiv, then it is not mukta. Furthermore, the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said that you cannot go ahead and lead an animal with a staff, with a stick on Yom Tiv. Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon Matir, Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon says it's motor. Soleimah Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon Ka'avuha Svirolei. Oh, so both say, so must be that Rabbi Lazar holds like his father of Shimon. Both say, both say, remember again, what's Rabbi Shimon's, what's Rabbi Shimon's shita? The way the Gemara always identifies it is Rabbi Shimon Leslie Muktza. Now, of course, you know, it doesn't literally mean he doesn't hold the Muktza, but rather what it means is he has a more permissive view of Moksa. So Masir Belazar says that you can use a staff to go ahead and lead the animal because Halakha you're using the wood in a permitted fashion to which the Gemara says, Lo, Baha Afid Rabbi Shimon Modem. It's not true. Interestingly enough, even Rabbi Shimon would agree that you cannot lead an animal with a staff on, on Yamtiv. Why not? Mishum Demechsi Kiman Because it looks like you are taking the animal to market. Right? Ultimately, again, this is not really a Muktza issue. This is a, well, it becomes a Muktza issue, but it's a Maris Ayan issue. The problem with leading an animal with the staff is that's the way people would lead their animals to market. So to do that on Yamtiv looks like you are potentially engaging in commerce. Incredible. So as he says, the Gimara Chizra, what's Dalach with the Chizra? What's a Chizra? Look at Rashi. Chizra, Anaf eats Shuchad Kikots. It is a branch, a branch of a tree that is sharp like a thorn. We'll say it's a wooden spit. A wooden spit. So what's that with Chizra? Rav Nachman Aser, Rav Sheishes Shari. Rav Nachman says a wooden spit is Mokza, and Rav Sheishes says it's Mutter. Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rav Nachman Aser, Biyamtov Mishum Domokzeninu, Letaltal, Shalo Aso Likli, so this is very important. We're dealing over here not with a not with a piece of wood that was designated as a spit on Erev Yamtiv. We're talking about over here a piece of sharpened wood that you found on Yamtiv. And you look at it and you say, Great, I could use this as a spit. Srav so Nachman will say, No, you can't. Because since it wasn't designated as a kli before Yamtiv, therefore what? Rav Sheshes will say that it is mutter. So the Gemara defines the parameters of the Machlokas. If it's moist 
Everyone agrees that it's Aser. Why is that? Because you also listen to this. Rashi says, Birativa. Listen to this. You see, here's what's fascinating. Everyone is going to agree. Well, I shouldn't say that. Right now, everyone is going to agree. Sometimes if you could even get everybody to agree for just a moment, that's an accomplishment, right? So right now, everyone's going to agree with the following idea. That the license to move wood on Yom Tif is predicated on the wood's usage as fuel, right? Fire, right? Once you have that, then maybe there's, there's room to say that you could use it for something else. Moist wood in general is not considered to be usable for fire, for fuel. So therefore, the Gemara Sibiritiva, if the wooden spit in question is moist, everyone agrees, low pligi da'asr, everyone agrees, it's also because remember, the hector to move it requires it to potentially be usable as fuel. If it's not usable as fuel, it's moktza. So keep pligi, where does the machlokis, Rav Nachman or Sheshis come up? Biaveshta, if it's a dried piece of wood. Man da'asr, so ultimately the opinion of Nachman who says that it's asr, Rav Nachman says the only license you have to move wood on Yom Tiv is when, when it's usable as fuel, right? So, and not only usable as fuel, but what? But what? Used for fuel. That's the only hetter to move wood on Yom Tiv is for fuel. Uman deshari mali litzlos bo, mali litzlos begachaloso. The opinion who says that you can move it, i.e. Rav Sheshas, will say, look, you're allowed to, why are you allowed to move food? Why, why are you allowed to use, you are allowed to use wood for fuel, right? So what does it, which means you're allowed to use wood in the preparation of food. What does it matter if you're using the wood as the actual fire or you're using it as the spit to roast the animal? Either way, that's use of wood for food preparation. It's all called ochal nafesh. So we'll say that's the first version of the Machloki. So in this version, if the wood is moist, everyone agrees, Aser, 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 Aser. The Machlokes is if the wood is dried and technically usable as firewood. Ikedami, an alternate version of this Machlokes. Okay, so in this version, I will say everyone agrees that if the wood is dry, if the wood is dry, it's certainly mutter to use the spit. And the logic would be, because what does it matter if you use the, if, what if you use wood as the actual coal, or if you use the wood as the spit? Either way, the wood is being used in food preparation. So keep Ligi, where does the machlokes come up? Beritivasa. If the wood is moist. Man da'asr, saka. So the one who says that it's asr, i.e. Rav Nachman, will say, no, you have no heter to move this wood, because wood could only be moved when it's usable for the fire. This wood is not usable for fire, and therefore, Allah it's moksa. Uman deshari ha But the opinion, ultimately, again, who says that you can move it, will say, you know what, we've seen this before, we'll say, that moist wood, moist wood, may not be usable for a small fire, but it's absolutely usable for what? A large fire. And the halacha says the gemara is that the dried out piece of wood can be used as a spit, but the moist piece of wood cannot. So both like, so this is very interesting. So the gemara developing the idea that even if you hold that wood cannot be moved for other thing other than fuel purposes. So by the way, is the way we paskin, right? Is the way we paskin. So wood on Yom Tiv could really only be moved, we'll call it for fuel purposes. We've defined, we've expanded now the parameters of fuel purposes. Fuel purposes can mean actually to put in your oven to fuel the fire or 
to be used as a spit. So you could go ahead and take a sharpened piece of wood on Yom Tiv and use it as a spit. But again, that license is only there if that spit is also usable as what? As what? As fuel. And again, what kind of fire is fuel? What kind of fire? A small fire. Therefore, meaning what? That Allah it has to be dry. It has to be dry. Incredible. Darash Rava, Surava Darshind, Ishaloti Kanes Ladira Eitzim, Litomehen Ud. A woman should not enter into Dira Eitzim. Dira Eitzim means the wood storage area. To go ahead, Litomehen Ud. To go ahead and take a poker. Right? So literally a piece of wood to be used as a poker. So the Gemara says, So what's, what's going on over here? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Ud. Now first of all, Gemara points out, Rashi points out, Darash Rava, Thik Rabbi Huda Svirale. So remember again, the Gemara is pointing out, Rava holds like Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda ultimately holds of a stricter view of Moktza. Right? A more restrictive view of Moktza. So therefore, Rava says, a woman cannot go into the Deer Eitzim, the wood storage house, to take out a, a, wood, a piece of wood to be used as a poker. Why not, Rashi says, Ud, so said, this is very important. In Rabbi Huda's view, remember, can you go ahead and technically use a wood poker on Yamtiv? You could, as long as what? It was made into a poker, or when I say made into, designated as a poker on Erev Yamtiv. But Allah is according to Rabbi Huda to walk into the storage area, just pick up a piece of wood to use as a poker, that's going to be Asra al Silchos Moktza. Vood, Shinishbar, and if you have a poker that broke on Yamtiv, Vood Shinishbar, Asr la Sikobiyamtiv. You may not go ahead and use it as fuel for the fire on Yamtiv. Why? Lefishemasikin be kalim, because Allah is you could fuel the fire with Kalim. But ultimately, again, you cannot fuel the fire with shivrei kalim. We've seen this concept before. Lememra, the Rava Krabi Huda Israeli. So we'll say, now you're telling me that Rava holds like Krabi Huda, the Islay Mukta. Because we'll remember again, what is Rava saying? Rava's saying that a woman can, and by the way, the, the, the usage of a woman over here is, is nondescript. In other words, it's just, just whatever, whatever the Matthias was, right? The idea over here is a person can't go in to the dear Aitim, to the storehouse, choose a piece of wood that's sitting there to use as a poker. Why? Because halacha lemaisa, unless the only, the only, you're only allowed to use wood, according to, according to Rava, for fuel, you could use it as a kli, but ultimately, again, it have to have been designated as a kli prior to yamtiv. So the Gemara says, lememra, the rabbi Rabbi Yehuda Sverle, the Islam Mukta. You tell me now that Rava holds like Rabbi Yehuda, who holds of a more restrictive view of Mukta. Vaha amrali Rava l'shamei, piyat Rava said to his attendant, tavi li bar avza, Vishadi Mayalashunra, but yet Rava said to his attendant to Anyamtiv, roast for me, roast for me a duck, and go ahead, or a goose, and go ahead and throw its intestines to the cat. And I both saying, now the roasting of the duck is not a problem. What's interesting about this case over here is what? Is throwing the intestines to the cat. Look at Rash for just a moment. In Rabbi Yehuda's worldview, in his Muktzah view, you should not be able to go ahead and throw the intestines to, to the cat. Why not? 
Because Lameisa, according to Rabbi Yehuda, those intestines were fit for human consumption and of Shabbos, or of Yomtiv. And therefore, Allah Lameisa, they were not prepared for animal usage on Yomtiv, in which case they should be Muktza. But yet here you have Rava instructing his attendant to throw the intestines to the cat on Yomtiv, which sounds like he does not hold like Rabbi Yehuda, to which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The Gemara says, Hasam, it's different, Kevan de Masrichi, We'll say everyone knows that uh, that goose intestines go bad quickly, right? And therefore, what from yesterday already from Erev Yomtiv, his intentions was to go ahead and give the intestines to the cat. So again, even Rabbi Yehuda would be okay with this particular case. So we'll say so once again. First of all, so just point out the Shochanach does adopt a more restrictive view when it comes to wood. The right that, that wood is really only used for hasaka. That wood could only be moved for kindling purposes. But we do, we expand the scope of kindling to either mean fuel for the fire or, for example, use of the spit. But if you want to go ahead and handle wood and use it as a spit, that only works if the wood is also usable as what? Fuel for the fire, and not a large fire, but a small fire, which means that Allah the wood has to be dried out. Incredible. Good. Bose Mishnah. Great sogya. Great, great sogya. Says the Mishnah. Rabbi Lezer Omer. No to Adam Kisi Mishnah of Lachzos Boshinov. Rabbi Eliezer says, a person could take a, we'll say, kisem, kisem is a, is a splinter of wood. A splinter of wood. A person could take a little wood splinter from in front of him to use as a toothpick. So I want to pick up a splinter of wood to use as a toothpick. Now Rashi points out over here, what does this mean? Mishalafanov, in front of him. What, what does that refer to? Rashi says, nota adam kisem mishalafanov, mimashalafanov babayis. This is talking about you find the splinter of wood in your house, right? On the floor. You find a little piece of wood, right? You can pick it up and use it as a toothpick. Okay. And furthermore, you can gather whatever wood is in your chatzar and you could, you could kindle a fire with it. Because Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that whatever is in your chatzar is considered to be muchan. I will remember we spoke about this before. Contrast that with, let's say, wood that's scattered in the sada, right? Wood in the field is only muhan if what? If what? If you designate it prior to yantiv. But Rabbi Lazar is saying is that Allah anything in your chatzar, in your, in your, and by the way, whenever we speak about a chatzar, we also presuppose that what? What's the nature of that chatzar? It's enclosed. Right? So anything in your chatzar ultimately is muhan. Good. The chacham, the chacham say, First, I'll take a look at take a look at owls. The Chum the Chum say Megavev Mishalafanov. The Chum say you can go ahead and gather from that which is in front of you, Umadlik, and you can go ahead and kindle it. So, I'll say if you look at Rashi over here, Rashi says something fascinating. The Chum arguing on Rabbi Lazar on two points. Says Rashi, The Chumim Omer Megavev Mishalafanov Madlik, Aval Minachatzer Lo. First of all, they argue, and the Chum say, you cannot gather small pieces of wood from your Chatzar because that is a Tircha Yisera. It's too much effort expended on Yom Tiv. Listen to this. The Chum arguing Rabbi Lazar on two points. Number one, they say, you can't pick up toothpicks, right? They can't pick up pieces of wood to use as toothpicks. Why not? 
because the Chachamim subscribe to the idea that the only reason, the only license to move wood on Yom Tiv is for fuel, for fire. So first of all, they dispute the whole toothpick thing. Right? So that's Machlokas number one. Rabbi Eliezer says you can pick up wood to a to- for a toothpick, the wood that's in front of you in your house. Chum say you can't move wood except for fuel. Number two, they hold that in terms of gathering wood for a fire, you can gather wood that is Mishalafanov in front of you in your home, but you cannot gather wood from your chatzar. Why not? They will hold too much tircha involved, too much effort. Next, both say this is a great sogya. You cannot create fire on Yantif. You cannot create, I will say, the novelty in this ruling is almost all Ochal Nefesh is predicated on the use of fire, right? And you would think that if Ochal Nefesh is mutter, the creation of fire is mutter as well. Kamash Malon, it is not. Now, why you're not allowed to create fire? We're going to see is going to be a raging machlokes rishonim. So watch this. In Motsi and Asa'ar, you cannot create fire. Lomina Eitzim, not from wood. Lomina Avanam, not from stones. Lomina Afar, not from dirt. Lomina Rafim, not from tiles, heated tiles. Lomina Mayim, Right, if you were to condense water, right, in a utensil and shine the light through the water, creating heat. Nor can you heat up tiles in order to go ahead and roast on them. Let's take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Mishum demolid. Rashi says the problem of creating fire on Yamtiv is molid, is nolad. Right? It's true interesting we saw that there, we saw this in Smichas Chaver, that there is an interesting distinction between Molid and Nolad. Right? The distinction is, I see Adam's already shaking his head. Right? What's the distinction? Right? Distinction? Good. I, put, I only put you on the spot, guys, and you can answer it. And I want to give your, I want to give your uncle Nachas. Hey, so, so ultimately, again, I will say Molid means something you create, biyadayim, you actively create. Nolad is something which is created, de facto, beta shenolda biyamtiv, right? Something created. So we don't have to necessarily be some adayik and rashi over here, but what rashi is saying is the problem of creating fire on yamtiv is a problem of molid. The, I'll just, I'm gonna men- we're going we're gonna to see this sugya, but I'll just mention to you the other school of thought, the other Yishal Natrash, what's the problem of, of creating fire on Yamtiv? They hold that fire is Machshire Ochal Nefesh. What's the Allah about Machshire Ochal Nefesh? What's the Allah? What's that? We saw it last week. What's the Allah? Any Machshire Ochal Nefesh which could be done on Erev Yamtiv with the same results cannot be done on Yamtiv. Well, you can light a fire on Erev Yamtiv with the same exact results. Therefore, there is no hetron for fire to kindle an original fire. Whichever, remember, creation of an original fire, not to light one fire from another fire. The creation of an original fire is Machshir Ochal Nefesh, and ultimately, again, it can be done before Yamtiv with the same results. Therefore, it cannot be done on Yamtiv itself. So, we'll say a fundamental machlok. And by the way, there's a huge nafkamina, right? What's the huge nafkamina between those two approaches? Huge nafkamina, which is. Right? Your fire goes out on Yamtiv. You lit a fire prior to Yamtiv. Your fire goes out on Yamtiv. Are you permitted to go ahead and relight it? So, what's the answer? Depends. According to Rashi, can you relight it? No. It's still an Isra of Molid. But if you're this Machshiri Ochel Nefesh, 
And Talachal Amaisi, you did it. You did your part before Yante. But now something happened. It went out. You should be permitted to go ahead and relight it. Well, we'll see this sugya. But again, we're going to go with Rashi for now that the issue of creating fire on Yom Tev is an issue of no love, and therefore Allah Chalamayi say can't create fire on Yom Tev. I'm Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda said, I'll say, I'm a day's ochle behema ein bahemishum tikun kli. So it's a very interesting sugya. Literally, it means ochle behema, which Rashi says means over here, kigon kash va'ale kanim. For example, straw, right? Straw or pieces of reed. Ein bahemishum tikun kli. Since we started with the topic of toothpicks, so the Gemara is continuing this topic. And what, what Rabbi Huda is saying is as follows. If you take soft animal food and you fashion that into a toothpick, that is not a problem of tikkun kli on yamtiv. Now, I will say, now, or Shabbos for that matter. Now, interestingly enough, the idea over here is because the example Rashi gives is like straw or reeds. Because the item is soft, because the item is soft, fashioning it into a toothpick is not considered to be creation of a kli. But say, by the way, there's a lot of profundity in that line also. Ochle behema, right? People who eat like behemoths. Ein bahemishum tikun kli. There's no way to really rectify your personalistic kli if you eat like a behemoth. And I will say, what does that mean to eat like a behemoth? It's not just about how a person eats. If a person takes an approach to gashmias, like a behemoth, right? What, what, how does a behemoth relate to gashmias? How does a behemoth relate to materialism? It's just an indiscriminate usage, right? Whatever's around, I'll just utilize for, for my own pleasure. That's how a behemoth uses gashmias. There's no thought, there's no thought by a behemoth about how to be ma'alegashmias, how to take something purely material and somehow use it for the pursuit of the spiritual. It's just usage. It's just consumption. That's called ochle behemoth. That's called, the, that's, that's called consumption of a behemoth. Just the use and use and use of more and more gashmias with no thought about how to infuse holiness into that Gashmius, that's called Ochle Behema. If a person takes that approach to Gashmius, Ein Bohem Mishum Tikun Kli. Remember again, we say this on Yamim Noram. Hare Ani Lefanecha Kichli Malibusho Klima. Right? A person is a Kli, a person is a receptacle. So, what, what's my avold in life? I'm, I, we, I am this strange synthesis, this strange synergistic partnership between Adama. And between Shamayim, right? Like Rashi says, on the sixth day, Kadesh Baruch Hu, in order to keep Shalom between Shamayim and Aretz, had to create a being which was representative of both. So Adam, right? Adam is from Adama and Adame Lekel El Yon. I'm from the earth, everyone Kadesh Baruch Hu. And what determines my, the, the essence of my identity? How I use Gashmius in life. If I could find a way to take my material side and infuse holiness, infuse spirituality into it, then I am a successful person. That's our avoda, to be ma'ala the nitzotzos, to be ma'ala the gashmi, to take every, that's right, Judaism, we've mentioned this many times, Judaism is not an ascetic religion. Judaism says, enjoy gashmios, but just make sure you pull out some ruchnios from the gashmios. If you don't, you're ochle behemoth. That's animalistic consumption, just to enjoy materialism with absolutely no pursuit of the spiritual. And if a person does that, then I'm not rectifying my personalistic clean. I'm not fulfilling my tachlis 
as a human being. Such an incredible line. And it's Pasha Pshat in the Gemara. So therefore, again, what you have over here is you have Rabbi Huda saying, right? Mishnah established a machlokis about picking up a piece of wood for a toothpick. Okay? So remember again, that's by, and remember, that machlokis is not as much focused on toothpicks, right? What is that machlokis focused on? What is it focused on? Movement of wood on Yomtev. That's really what it's focused on, right? So you have Rabbi Eliezer who says that you could move a piece of wood, but ultimately, again, you have Chacham saying wood can only be moved with Tzorech fire. Now, Rabbi Huda is transitioning, and Rabbi Huda is saying that if you have a piece of animal food that is soft, that is soft, there's no problem with fashioning that into a kli because it's not called the kli. Says the Gemara, Ezir Rav Kana Rav Yehuda, Shav is going to be a great Sergei Bale. Rav Kana said to Rav Yehuda, Mitaltlin atzei b'samim l'hariach bahem. You're permitted to go ahead and take atzei b'samim, which literally means pieces of fragrant wood or pieces of fra- fragrant branches. Atzei b'samim, right? Or fragrant herbs. You're allowed to carry them on yom. Div l'hariach bahem to go ahead, or Shabbos that matter, to smell them. Or to wave them, right? To create like a fragrant a breeze for a chola. You can roll it. And you could go ahead and smell it. Why are you rolling it? To, to release the fragrance. So you could roll it and you could smell it. However, what can't you do? You shouldn't snip it, right? You shouldn't cut it in order to go ahead and release some of the fragrance. Now what's wrong with that? Look at Rashi. Third line down at the top of Rashi. say, why don't we want you to go ahead and cut the fragrant item? Because we're concerned that you may come to cut it and make a toothpick out of it. And remember, the creation of a toothpick is a problem of what? Of what? Tikkun Kli, of the creation of a utensil. So Rashi says, Gezeira, Delolesi Lekotmo, Lachtas Boshinov, Tehasam Kli Mashvilei, Veika Isra Now that's very strong wording. Right, so therefore, I'll say, listen to this. So therefore, if you have a piece of fragrant, fragrant item, Atzib is some fragrant branch, so you could roll it, you could smell it. This doesn't sound right, right? But right, you right, you could right, you right, you could you could roll it, you could smell it, but what you can't do is you can't, Good. But you can't snip it. You can't snip it. Why not? Because the act, even though, why are you cutting it? Why are you cutting it? In order to release some of the aroma, because the act of cutting it looks like you may be getting close to creating a toothpick, and that could be tikkun klimedar isa. So the immersive vim katmo, patravalasar. But if you did cut it, if you did snip it, it's pata alas. What does pata alas mean? Tzasimidir abanan. The gemara says lachzos boshin of lo yiktemenu. If you want to make from it a toothpick, you should not do this. Vim katmo. And if you did so, chayiv chatos. Wow. So I'll say if you went ahead and you mamish made it into a toothpick, chayiv chatos, which means what? It's an iser daraisa. Iser daraisa. What's wrong with making a toothpick? Ultimately, again, tikkun kli. You're creating. You're creating a utensil. So we'll say, remember again, this is Rav Kana asking Rav Yehuda. So, so Rav Yehuda says back to Rav Kana, listen, 
the truth is, this price was already problematic for me when you spoke about the case of Patraval Osir, Chayiv Chatas Mi Of course, again, Chayiv, once you get to tell me it's the Isidar Raisa, surely it's problematic. Because also remember again, what, what was Rabbi Huda saying? Rabbi Huda was saying <coughs> is that there's no problem with taking a soft item and fashioning a toothpick out of it. He was using an example of animal food. You could take a soft item, fashion, fashion a toothpick. Rav Kahana quotes this Brisa, and the Brisa seems to indicate that it is a problem fashioning a toothpick. It might even be an Isra Da'araisa, to which the Gemara says, but it's not a contradiction, I'll tell you why. Kitanya hi bekashin. That Brisa Rav Ose that says that you can't take Atse Bissamim and make it into a toothpick, what is it talking about? A hard item. A hard item. Okay, so now this makes a lot of sense. To take a hard item and fashion it into a toothpick, I understand why that's tikkun kli. To which the Gemara says, really? The Bryce is talking about a hard item? Kashin b'nei malilaninu. Both say, remember again, in the Bryce that Rav Kana quoted, what are, you, what are you allowed to do? You're allowed to roll it to release the fragrance. If something is hard, can you roll it to release the fragrance? That doesn't make sense. To which the Gemara says, Rather, there is a piece of information, and here's how you have to read it. Mololo umariachbo, so you can roll it, right? If you have mololo umariachbo, you can roll the asebisamim in order to smell it. Kotmo umariachbo, you could even snip it in order to smell it. When is that so? Birakim, when you have soft items, right? Soft asebisamim. Because we'll say soft fragrant items. Because if it's soft, we're even going to allow you to snip it. And we're not afraid that if you go out and you snip it, you're going to make it into a toothpick. Why? Why? Because even if you made it into a toothpick, it's not a problem. Why? It's soft. About precaution, but if we're talking about a harder item, lo yiktemenu, you should not snip it. Vim katmo, because we'll say again, why shouldn't you snip it? Because we're afraid that's what? That's what? You're going to make it into a toothpick. And making it into a toothpick is problematic. Why? Tikkun kli. Vim katmo, and if you did go ahead and snip it, patra aval aser. It's aser. It's aser, right? It's 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 an aser. It's an aser midrabanon. Lachtos poshinov. But if you want to take this item and make it into a toothpick, lo yiktemenu. You should not snip it. Vim katmo chayiv chatos. And if you did make it into a toothpick, and we're talking about over here a harder item, then aloch lemaisi bichayiv chatos. That being isur daraisa. So Tani. So I'll say. So what the Gemara seems saying is like this. The issue still, Rabbi Yehuda's original ruling that taking something soft and making it into a toothpick is absolutely fine. That's not called tikkun kli. The Bryson now that says, now we're, to, we're being introduced to fragrant items. So the Bryson teaches me I can roll fragrant items. What I just can't do is I can't go ahead and snip it. Because the act of snipping it, the concern is that you may come to fashion it into a toothpick, which again, if the item is soft, Will only be an Isra But if the item is hard, ultimately again could be an Isra Daraisa. So Tani Chada, one Brisa says, You could snip it and smell it. And the other Brisa says, You should not snip it to smell it. And it's not a contradiction. Again, we'll say a very simple distinction. If it's soft, you could snip it and smell it. If it's hard, you can't snip it and smell it. Bekashina Milo. Well, let's analyze this. So now if you have if you have a thicker or a stronger atse bisamim, we're now saying that you're not allowed to snip it and smell it. Why not? Amilo, 
Hadis. And I will say, why is this different than the following case? Shover grogros. You're allowed to go ahead and smash open a barrel in order to eat grogros, in order to eat dried figs from it. We just had this in Smichas Chavar. As long as what? You don't have the intention to make a kli. Sometimes you both say, you could lop off the top of the barrel as long as your intention is not to make a brand new kli. When we were in the home of Rav Yehuda, listen to this. What would... What did Rabbi Huda do? He would strip off the branches off a large piece of wood. Alusa afagav dechazina And ultimately, so what he would do is he would strip off. He would strip off. Look, first of all, look at Rashi just in a moment. Vatanan shover adam chavis migufa shishba grogros baochel bevatshla is kavin liyafos hashvira liosal lepe shetehe od kli. So I'll say, if you have a closed barrel, you could lop off the top of the barrel, right, to get out the figs, as long as your intention is not to make a nice, specific, or a refined opening, right? As long as your intention is, right, as long as your, as long as your kavan is not to make a refined opening, you're good to go. So I'll say, so that, that's number one. Furthermore, Rav Baravada said that when we were in the home of Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda did something very interesting. He would take branches, and he would strip off the, the, the um, I'll call it the smaller branches, right? So I'll say, if you can imagine, you have a large branch from a tree that fell off. The large branch has smaller branches. He would strip off the smaller branches from the larger branches. And ultimately, again, we would use those pieces of wood. Even though now, those very pieces of wood became usable for what? As axe handles. As axe handles. To which the Gemara says, Lo kashya. So I will say, the point over here that the Gemara is making is, you see that halacha lamaisa, we allow you to do certain things and we're not concerned that the items are going to be misused in a way that could result in malacha. So we allow you to open up a barrel as long as you don't make a more refined opening for, for the barrel. We allow you to strip off the smaller branches, off the larger branches, and we're not concerned that what? That you're going to make an axe handle. Similarly, you should be allowed to what? You should be allowed to what? To go ahead and if you have a hard piece of aromatic wood, right, and you want to snip it all, you want to snip it in order to smell it, that should be permitted. And we shouldn't be concerned that what? That what? That you're going to make a what? A toothpick. That's the kasha. To which the universal kasha, har harabanon. It's two different opinions. This sanyo, rabbalaza omer nota adam kisa mishalafana because Rabbi Lazar is the one in the Mishnah who says that you could take a piece of wood that you find in front of you in your house and you can use it as a toothpick. The Chachamim say, you're not allowed to pick up a piece of wood in your house to use as a toothpick. The most you could do is if in the animal trough, which is in the animal feed, there are some pieces of wood, you could go ahead and pick that up and use it as a toothpick. The Shavin Shelo Yiktemenu. But everyone agrees that Allah Chalamaisa, sh- if you have a piece of aromatic wood, you shouldn't snip it. But if you did snip a piece of wood in order to go ahead and what? To use as a toothpick or to pick a lock. If you, so in order you fashioned it into a kli. 
if he did this b'shogeg, if it's Shabbos, you're chay b'chatos, b'mezid, I will say now, it doesn't say the case of mezid on Shabbos, because mezid of Shabbos is a chay of misa, b'mezid b'yomtiv, sofegis ha'arbam di Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar would say, Allah halamaisi, if he did it b'mezid on Yomtiv, he'd get malkis. V'chum v'chum say, echad zeh v'echad zeh, e'no elamishim shabos. Both cases ultimately, again, will only be an iser d'rabanon. Rebbe Lazar de ka'amar hasam chayiv chatos, Rabbi Lazar, who will say that in the Brisa where you made it into a clear Chayvachatos, would say by the case of where you snip it for fragrance, ultimately again Patra Avalasar. Rabbanon de Ka'amri Hasam, Patra Avalasar, the Rabbanon will say that by the case of the utensil, it's Patra Avalasar, Hacha Mutulachatrila. Here it will be Mutulachatrila. But lest they the Rabbi Eliezer, but lest they the Rabbi El- I'm sorry. Blessed Rabbi Eliezer, Hadisnan, Shover Adamas, Achavas, Lechom, and a grow gross. Ubevachle is Kavinasoski. Rabbi say, but doesn't Rabbi Eliezer hold the halacha lamaisa? What about the case where you're allowed to open up the barrel? Lop open the barrel, right? As long as your intention is not to make a clee. So again, shouldn't that permit the snipping of fragrant wood to release the aroma? As long as your intention is not to make a clee? Rabbi say, here we go. Amravashi, Kitanya, he, Bemustaki. Wow. I'll say, what's the case here? The case over here is a mustaki. So I'll say, what's a mustaki? Rashi says over here, mustaki, chavis shavura, shemedabkin shavareha besvav shalitz. I'll say, this is a unique barrel that is made by gluing together broken pieces of other barrels. So I'll say, the idea over here is, this type of barrel, this type of barrel, because it is made by putting together other broken pieces of barrel, does not have the real status of a kli, right? Mustaki doesn't have the real status of a kli. Because mustaki doesn't have the real status of a kli, lopping open the top of it is not really halachically problematic. So I say, so just how do we paskin in this case? So this, this, is, an, so this is the end of the sugya. So how do we paskin? In other words, it's an interesting... So on a, on a very simple level, this whole discussion started how... Because Rabbi Huda made a statement. What was Rabbi Huda's statement? That you could fashion a toothpick out of what? Out of what? Out of Michael Behema. Right? That if you have food, soft food, that ultimately is consumed by an animal, and you want to fashion a toothpick out of a piece of straw, out of a piece of reed, you're allowed to do that because that's not called tikkun kli if it's coming from something soft. What that then did is opened up the entire discussion by aromatic items as well. What can you roll? What can you sniff? What can you snip? Right, again, doesn't sound right, but you understand, right? What can you roll, can you, what can you sniff, and what can you snip? The Gemara wanted to make a distinction, ultimately, maybe between soft items and hard items. Soft items can be snipped because there's no fear you're gonna make it into a clee. Hard items cannot be snipped because there's a concern you're gonna make it into a clee. That then got into a more general discussion about how far do we have to be concerned that you may come to do something as a result of an action you engaged in now. That got into the lopping off the top of the barrel. That got off the Rabbi Huda's house that they would strip the smaller branches from the larger branch, and it wasn't a concern you're going to make it into an axe hand. So let's listen to this. So the halacha, this appears in Hilcho, this is in Hilcho Shabbos. Simon Shin Chav Beis, Sifdal, listen to this. Shlomach writes, Achlei behema, ein bahemi shum tikun kli. We pass like Rabbi Huda. Namely, there is no problem of fashioning a toothpick on Yom Tiv, on Shabbos or on Yom Tiv, from Michael Behema. L'fichach muter liktom afilu besakin kash o teven 
Velachtzos bo shinov. Say, Rabbi, say you could take a piece of straw, right? Or right, a piece of straw, and you can go ahead, or anything soft that is consumed by animals, and you can make it into a toothpick on Shabbos or Yom Tiv. And that is not called tikkun cleave. In Shulamar says you can even use a knife. The Mishnah Burra comments on this, and he says, Good. So let's listen to this. However, however, the Gemara But if you have a twig, right? A, a, literally, kisam is a piece of wood. Animals don't eat wood. Ultimately, again, afilu litlo boshinov aser. We'll say you can't even pick it up to use it as a toothpick. So again, ultimately, again, we pass like Rabbi Huda, but you also begin to see, although we'll see this in tomorrow's daf, we really pass like the Chum in the Mishnah as well. You can't pick up wood to use it as a toothpick on Shabbos or on Yom Tiv. And most what you could do is you could take something soft, use it as a toothpick. You could even take something soft and fashion it into a toothpick because that is not called tikkun kli. Something hard, which is not consumed by a behemoth, cannot be taken as a toothpick, cannot be refined into a toothpick. And again, the Mishnah Bura says, because he's wrote, I feel in the tila stam belikatima, asr mishum mukta kishar eitzim. Because also this goes back to what we just learned. We learned before that the only license to move wood on Yom Tev is for what purpose? For what purpose? Kindle, fuel. Now we could have an expansive definition of fuel, right? We could say a fuel also includes use as a spit, but one thing it doesn't include, which is use as a toothpick, right? So therefore, you could take something soft, use it as a toothpick, Michael Bahama, something soft, use it as a toothpick, fashion into a toothpick, but something hard ultimately again cannot be used as a toothpick, cannot be fashioned as a toothpick. We'll see the stop over pick up the rest of the Gimar tomorrow. Shkoyach.